Create an Unstoppable Life, episode number 68, Alignment. Create an Unstoppable Life is the podcast for smart professionals who often get in your own way. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a chronic overcomplicator, overworker, overthinker, turn life coach who wants more in life. Each episode, we'll explore how to think differently, get unstuck, and move towards a life of personal and professional fulfillment. So glad you're here. Welcome back. I am so glad that you're here today. Thank you for joining me. Hey, go to iTunes right now and check out the most recent review. It was my mom. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) It was my mom. While you're there, rate the podcast, leave a review as well. Help others to find us. All right, next football. I'm sorry to say this is my last football update. The team, they did incredibly well during the game, but they didn't win. It was an impressive amount of cohesion, both on the field and off the field, and they have so much to be proud of. It has been an incredible football season where we were up, we were down, we were excited, and we left the game excited and so proud of what they accomplished. Moving on to today's episode, high achievers, boy, you know, we take this life thing, we take it so serious, so personal, especially when we don't get it right. Today, we're going to depersonalize it a little bit. You'll see. And we're going to do that by talking about alignment, aligning what we do with the fire in our belly. This is repackaging some known concepts in another way. The goal is to open up space in your mind, stimulate a different way of thinking. Tony Robbins says that our life changes when three things happen, all three. This must change now. I must change this now. I can change this now. All three must be in alignment. Two isn't sufficient. We'll start and then we'll quit. One is interesting. It sounds nice, maybe even compelling, but no action is taking. Nothing changes. We'll get back to that later. Let's start with what we do, our habits, our routines, our patterns, whatever you want to call it. We all have them and we can divide them into three categories. Like what's helpful, Sustaining what's good in our life or working towards something greater. What's neutral, so neither positive nor negative. And then what's unhelpful, what moves us away from our goal. It may be a short-term win because it serves a purpose. Everything we do serves a purpose, but there's usually a longer-term loss. Helpful, easy to think about this category, like the way we maintain our body, brushing our teeth, bathing the foods we eat taking our medication as prescribed, fitness, cardiovascular fitness, investing, maintaining the items in your life, you know, like your car and your house, spending time in a meaningful way with others, helpful. Neutral, this is not our focus today. So those things that are neither positive nor negative, we're just going to put them here in this category, neutral. And then unhelpful. Here's some examples. Snacking the way we spend time or waste time, the relationships that continue, the ones that are draining, overspending, and then lack of movement or sedentary activities. Generally, those are in the unhelpful category. Everything we do as a human, we have a reason for it. It addresses a fundamental need in our life. It helps us feel a certain way or change how we feel or try to move closer to how we want to feel. 
And that change of feeling, it may be brief or it may last longer. You'll notice that when we do things that are helpful, that there's a short-term gain, usually, and a longer-term gain or an investment. Here's an example. Like when we maintain the washer and dryer, something pretty simple, right? There's some satisfaction now knowing that we did it, but there's even more longer-term satisfaction because it consistently works. When we do something simple like brushing our teeth, there's the immediate satisfaction, right? We feel better, our mouth feels better, but there's even more satisfaction when our mouth doesn't hurt, when we can eat normally, when we visit the dentist and it's uneventful. Moving on to fitness, like cardiovascular fitness, there's a satisfaction now, right? The endorphin release, the energy burn, the kind of getting our mind and our body in the same place. And then longer term, builds up strength and it helps protect us against chronic disease. So both positive benefits now and positive benefits that are longer term. Spending time with others, providing that connection now, and then over time that that depth to a relationship that spans time, that's the longer term positive. Things that we do in the unhelpful category And we all have this category. Many of us do beat ourselves up about it. And here's lots of encouragement to loosen your grip on this a little bit and follow along with me. And by the way, one size doesn't fit all. These examples may or may not apply to you. The intention is really to look at what's in this category to see and explore it. First, snacking. It serves a purpose, right? It meets some short-term need or desire or craving. Maybe it's hunger, like if your stomach is rumbling, you're having difficulty focus or low energy, it may help to fill that need. Other needs it helps to fill, restlessness, that's a big one, anxious feelings, because food triggers that dopamine release. It stimulates the parasympathetic response to change our state, right? Rest, digest. It's hard to feel anxious and rest and digest. Maybe it's relief from boredom or isolation or some other discomfort. What are the costs, though? Most likely there are some compromises long-term. Weight, energy, blood sugar regulation or hormone regulation. And then mood. Like Seriously, our mood can go from elated to calm to crash. It's based on our hormone responses and our blood sugar. Note, this happens to be on my mind because we're planning to vacation in Maine this summer. Our favorite donut shop is there, Lavity's in Lewiston, if you ever get a chance to go by and you want a donut. So I'm thinking about the short-term gain and the longer-term cost when it comes to donuts. All right, that's looking at both for snacking. Let's move on to alcohol. And we're talking about regular use or scheduled use of this. It's for a reason, right? It's to change state meaning to change how we feel, how we feel physically, how we feel mentally, and to shift out of one mood and maybe into another. So everyone's different. The use of alcohol for every person is different. For someone, it might be to turn the mind down or shut it off. Somebody else, it might be relax the body, maybe from the tension of the day. Another person, maybe it's an easier way to be around other people or it's part of the culture. It's what we do. Maybe it fills a desire or a craving or another need, such as dulling some emotion we don't want. Restlessness, isolation, boredom. 
and may also provide a sense of ease with who we are and who we're around. So those are the short-term gains or goals or benefits, but how about longer term? How does it impact the time you spend afterwards? How does it affect the relationships? Does it affect them positively, neutral, negatively, like if it's part of the culture? And how do you physically feel afterwards? Like the same day, the next day, the next week? Do you notice any effects? It's stuff to think about. The short-term gain or benefit versus the longer-term cost. Our last example is about time, specifically looking at time wasters. What are they for you? They feel a need. What is it? Is it for connection? Is it to kind of neutralize the brain and give it somewhere else to focus? Does it fill up boredom? Does it allow you to kind of stop carrying some burdens for a while, temporarily escape your life? Or something else? What short-term benefit do you get? And how about longer term? What's the impact? Like how do you spend time later on? Can you go back to a feeling of productive? Get back to what you want to do or need to do? And how about how you feel? What is your mood or energy like after the time waster? How do you feel about others? Do you feel connected? Is there comparison? There's very little that we do as humans without a reason. Most everything that we do, it's based on how we feel, how we think we will feel, how we want to feel, whether it's now, soon, or sometime in the future. And the human experience, we want to feel good or we want to stop feeling bad. And those aren't the same thing. What we do can help with either. It can help us feel good now, help us feel good in the future, or at least dull the feeling of bad or take it away temporarily. This beautiful, smart brain of ours, it tends to focus on the negative. Have you noticed? We beat ourselves up. And then we keep repeating the same patterns because we don't like how we feel. But at least that pattern provides some predictable relief or change in our state. Except today we're looking at alignment. And we're doing it to add some light and intellect into our habits. So that the habits that don't serve us well become less automatic and maybe even extinguished. We're doing this to redirect the energy in another way, in a no-duh, that was kind of easy way. (laughs) When we shift our mind or our way of thinking, our habits follow. I talk with people who say, I know I keep doing it, I don't want to. Okay, time for some different tools. Time for some different ways of thinking about this. Time to let go of that. Because your current habits just keep getting you the same result. And it's just a habit. So let's spend some time here. Let's look at the underlying need that whatever you're doing is filling. The short-term reward and the longer-term cost. We'll just start there. When I think about it this way, it really depersonalizes it for me. So a beer or a glass of wine at the end of the workday, what does it do? It helps to manage a feeling of restlessness. Maybe calm a mind that's full of chatter or a body that's full of stress from the day. The desire is for a feeling of relaxation or relief, and it's pretty predictable. It's pretty rapid, too. It changes our state. It's a short-term solution. Except, it affects energy, 
and interest and ability to function or ability to do what we want or said we were going to do. And it affects weight and sleep. So that short-term solution comes with longer-term costs. Can you see them? And it's really only a temporary solution because there's a good chance we're going to pick up that restlessness, the mind chatter, the stress all over again. It didn't change any of that. It just gave us the ability to cope differently for a little bit. So alignment, looking at what we really want, finding that fire in our belly or our internal hunger, and then relooking our habits or patterns. Let's move on to hunger. We're going to define that as the desire of your soul, that call to something greater, that place, that zone of genius that you feel alive and completely you. What are you hungry for? Do you know? Do you have something in mind right now? Or did you used to? And if it was in the past, why was it put aside? Did you become too busy? Did you start thinking it wasn't realistic? Or did other people say that? That's not realistic. Why are you even focusing there? Are you hungry for these things? A life of meaning, fulfillment, growth, energy at the end of the day? a calm mind at the end of the day, connection, contribution? Do you know where fulfillment comes from? Aligning what we do with our hunger? Note it's not achieving or filling the hunger, it's alignment and working towards it. That's fulfillment. I'm intentionally using the word hunger to signify the fire in your belly to touch that place in your soul that you're alive, that place where you know that more of your life is waiting, even if you don't know how to access it. So many people walk around feeling like there is more untapped potential. They're capable of more, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to access it, so they stop trying, stop even desiring it. They become like everyone else. I meet so many people who walk around with the belief that they're called to do something great or greater and they didn't know how to manage it or they don't know now and they stop trying because it's easier to ignore. And our culture certainly encourages us to indulge in those short-term pleasures. There's plenty to choose from, especially this time of the year. Boy, look at the marketing. But that's not you or me, right? So what is the hunger for you? It's not too late. You can be the first one in your peer group to be thinking like this. And this is the good stuff to lead your life with. So if you've carried a hunger, if you have a hunger, is it still true and relevant? Do you feel passionate about it? You'll notice I'm intentionally not using the term want. I'm not asking you what you want in life. You ask people what they want in life, they're going to list out a ton of things. More money, a better job, a bigger house, win the lottery, a better marriage, kids to be self-sufficient or to be happy. You've heard those before, right? It sounds pleasant. But wanting is a passive process. Want but not willing to go out and get. Want but not willing to be consistent. Want but not willing to do whatever it takes. This is about operating differently from a place of hunger, from a place of no negotiation, from a place of 
clarity. And there's freedom in approaching it this way. Freedom from clarifying your hunger and then feeding your hunger, your true hunger, not your want, but your hunger. Do you feel the power in that? Feeding your hunger, not the short-term craving. We talked about the cost of those, even with the predictable or reward it provides, but feeding your hunger, growing and playing the long game. Spending time in connection with people who are growing rather than people that you tolerate or tolerate you. Investing in the depth of your closest relationship, your spouse or significant other, both being seen and heard and doing the same for them rather than spending time in another way. I talked with a couple who is hungry to grow their relationship and I'm substituting the word hungry for what they described. They spend an hour together each night dedicated to each other. Before your mind takes you to why they must be different and why they can't be you, let me reassure you that they are us. They have children, full-time lives, they have worries and bills and goals, and they spend an hour each night together. They alternate who's going to choose what they do. They share it. It brings out creativity on how they spend time. Connection by both buying into the activity. It creates freedom for them to explore what might be interesting and to think differently beyond their usual routine. They are hungry to grow their relationship and willing to invest in it. You know, we all have 60 minutes of time that we spend either in a neutral way or an unhelpful way. Imagine if we invest that in the relationship that is closest to us. A donut wouldn't be so tempting. Social media wouldn't look as interesting. TV or movies, less significant. The glass of wine to dull the day, that really wouldn't factor in. Alignment, looking at feeding the hunger of our soul rather than coping with our lives in a short-term way or avoiding what we feel and how we feel. It doesn't have to cost more money. In fact, it's probably going to cost less because you're clear on what you're spending. It doesn't have to take more time. It'll probably take less and it'll be more meaningful the time that you spend. It may be harder. In fact, it probably will be when you start because you have to reach in clear out the clutter, commit to something greater, and look beyond everything our society offers as quick fixes to change your state. Remember where true life change comes from? This must change now. I must change this now. I can change this now. Getting out of our own way is holding on to the beliefs that we have the capacity to change and we're the only ones who can do it that we cannot wait for someone else to change our lives because they can't. We have that responsibility, that ownership. Here's how we get in our own way. We lose touch with our true hunger. We fade into wants, into it would be nice, but we don't believe it's really possible for us. We trade and sacrifice short term, which erodes our hunger we'd start to lose touch with our hunger. 
and then we stop believing that it's even present or worth fighting for. One of the best gifts you can give yourself this holiday season is to reignite your hunger. And if it's already there, start feeding it or increase the nutritional value of what you're feeding it. Like take it up, take it up a notch or two or five. Let's go back to that question. What are you really hungry for? What's going to fill your soul, provide clarity, purpose, meaning to your life? And throw away all that BS about how you can't have it, why it's not realistic, why it's going to cost too much or be too disruptive. It's all BS. Bring out that hunger, that drive, change your state that way, and start working and digging towards that untapped potential and align your habits with it. See everything you do as supporting and working towards that hunger or neutral. If it's negative, see the cost to your hunger. It's got to change now. You must change it now. You can change it now. You know, as adults, we don't eat rocks. Maybe we did as a kid, but we don't do it now. Why? Because they're not helpful. They may take up space in our stomach, temporarily fool our stomach into thinking there's food in it, but there's no nutritional value. And ultimately, the rocks can hurt us those unhelpful habits, start to see them as eating rocks. Decide, is this rock how I really want to feed my hunger? The goal is to depersonalize a habit or routine so that it looks less appealing, so that you can start seeing the real cost and become more creative and resourceful in feeding that hunger in a way that matters, in a way that endures, in a way that's fulfilling. Alignment starts with the fire in your belly, also known as your hunger. It is the best gift you can give yourself. Clarity, purpose, meaning, the ability to be all in on your life. And by the way, here's some more BS. You're too old. It's too late. You don't know how. It doesn't matter. In the past, I would call these stories that we tell ourselves but now we are working towards an unstoppable life. So we're going to call it what it is, BS. Align your habits with your hunger. Only allow what is positive or neutral. Play the long game. Ultimately, that is the answer to boredom, isolation, restlessness, stress, the feeling of not being good enough. Here's a stoppable life. Continuing to choose short-term coping, believing the BS, believing that you're doing all you can, that change is impossible, or it's not your responsibility. Hanging on to the idea of that's just how I am. Being unwilling to invest in yourself. Here's an unstoppable life. Clear hunger. All resources directed towards it. Habits and routines that are either neutral or supporting that hunger and winning or learning and continuing to optimize how you function. Align your life from a place of loving who you are today. Remember, there's two basic fears, not being enough, not worthy of love. I'm going to repeat this in my work often 
as encouragement to detach from those. Just because they're part of the human experience doesn't mean we have to keep believing them or living them. And that's because you too want an unstoppable life. Alignment. It's waiting for you. And that fire in your belly, that's what makes you unstoppable. High five. All my best. I will see you next time. Ciao. Are you ready to create an unstoppable life? To start dreaming again and working towards it? I'd love to talk with you. Sign up for a discovery call at georgemdcoaching.com. You can find it on the work with me page.